Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport, the record book. Blimey, that was a long two weeks, wasn't it? Uh, Welcome back following the international break uh, to the Game Day Record Book Podcast. I'm Danny Kelly. As you know, each week we try and pick out the performance, the worst performance, the hero and the villain of the week. We do so by circuitous routes, and it's not always the person you think or the team you think is going to win it that actually does. And we get down to some of the more arcane tributaries of football as we get there. In the end of the season, I will have produced an illustrated book of all the heroes and villains of the season. And if you believe that, then you're a bigger mug than I actually think you are. <laughs> to help me get through this today, a regular on the show, of course, a football commentator, a pundit, all-round good guy, sometimes stand-up comedian, Tom Rennie. Hi, Tom. I had asked for a returning champion. You've not gone with it. That's absolutely fine. Do what you want. It's your show. No, no, quite. And uh, we're, not, we're not as competitive as you. Um, and alongside him, I haven't worked with him for years. He hasn't changed one iota. The bristly... <laughs> Uh, fox-like ginger hair is still very much there. Um, terrier-like footballer as well in his time. Football coach, football commentator these days. I'd like to say former West Ham, Manchester City and many others. Northern Ireland are called stalwart. Steve Lomas. Hi, Steve. Thanks, Danny. But it is Moroccan sunset, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave the red. Thank you very much. No, no, it's, it suits you very, very well. You haven't changed a bit, Steve. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. He has a lot of confidence, but also a lot of um, um, yeah motivation for the for the mood because it shows when you stick together, when you are brave, when you're together, when you are one unity and and with a strong mentality and a really good spirit, then you have a chance in each and every game. And this is what we take out of this game. And it's Wolves nil, Chelsea four, and it's Tammy Abraham who grabs his hat trick, and it was all too easy again. Well, the way he's going, it's obviously going to put him into that bracket without telling Gareth what to do. Normally, we have a terrible old scuffle about the performance of the week. Um, but this week, I think we may have a problem in that it, it appears to me to be fairly obvious, Dads. So why don't we start, actually, with what appears to be the obvious. Steve, you commentated on the game um, between Norwich and Manchester City yesterday. So who was your, who was your performance of the week? <laughs> well, it's pretty easy. Obviously, Norwich, they were fantastic. Daniel Fark, I thought... When he was doing his press conference, he was just trying to pull people's legs, saying he, you know, he's embracing it, really looking forward to the challenge. That having eight players, nine players out from your starting eleven, I was just, you know, I was doing it with Tom, and I just thought this is going to be seven or eight. But you know, it was so refreshing. It's probably the first game 
I've come away with and I had a smile on my face because I thought this is what's great about the Premier League where this team, you know, you had a midfielder playing centre-half, you lost most of your back four, you know, you, you, you just didn't give them... And Iota, I think the bookies had them at 15 to 1. You know the bookies had them, because I'll let you into a little trade secret here. Ah. As we went into the final break before doing the programme yesterday, we had our phones out, and I was thinking, we've got to put a bet on 5-1 here. We've got to go 5-1 City. They're going to absolutely destroy them here. 5-1 was the same odds as just Norwich to win. That was at 12 <laughs> to 1 as we went in. And I had a fiver on City to win. Uh, five, five goals one, to yeah. one when I, I should have gone the other way around which so, is why you're having to come here and, and try, try and claw I need back. the additional money that's you why do. I'm here late uh, in do. the evening yeah. to record this show I will say one thing about it I mean people talk about the two year, two and a half years of Farker's time there and how he's built up this philosophy oh, I'm all for that yeah that's all fine the important thing was these games against Manchester City and Liverpool teams outside of the so-called top six are always talking about a free swing if it's a free swing, have a swing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. they did. They had a go. What it comes to, it what it's become to mean for the managers is, oh, good, we can have an afternoon off, park 10 on the edge of the box and wait to lose 2-0. No, have a go. And, and the players responded to that absolutely brilliantly. There should be a punishment for free swing. Whenever anyone says, oh, it's a free swing for any team, there should be a punishment. There should be no such thing as a free swing in football because anyone can beat anyone on the day. And I always think in any, in any competitive sport, if your role is not to try and win that game, in any way that you can, then what is the point of it happening? Yeah, what is Dan, the point of people but, but buying tickets, TV companies giving us billions so footballers can have 900 cars if they're not going to try and win every time they turn up? Yeah, but Kosovo the, showed but, us that. Norwich showed us but that. But the circumstances of what Norwich had, you know, the two main centre-halves are out to January. You know, you've got two two defensive midfielders are out. They've come in with Alex Terry and Kenny McLean, who scored the first goal. Sam Byron, who we we thought that's been his best performance ever. ever. West Ham's third choice right back six months ago. Never fit. Apologies now, to regular listeners the to the uh, Game Day podcast, the Record Book podcast, that, that is. Um, we're going to hear a lot about West Ham from West I Ham supporters. four minutes about mentioning it. Though. And <laughs> former West Ham uh, midfielder Steve Lomas. There's going to be a lot of West Ham going on here, I think. Maybe I should have a fine every time I mention it. That's no, what no, we should no, do. No, no, no. That's we, 20p every time. No, but you've already we lost, you've lost a load of money by backing here. against Norwich. I know. Because the other thing is, we talk about... Oh, I'm looking at you two now as West Ham fans. Um... You, people used to talk about 40 points to stay up. I believe with, with, with the amount of points that City and Liverpool take at the top of the table, 34 is probably adequate. 32 might keep you up. So what you've got to do is win 11 and, or 12 games that, of football. And that's why you're looking at something like a Norwich. They're, they're obviously, and we, we said, I actually said one of my lines was this, this game won't dictate whether they're going to go down. Obviously, never expect a Norwich to get the points, but that's where I think they'll be good because they've stuck to the philosophy is against them teams in and around them, they've got every chance of beating them. Look, we, we, we will go on to praise Norwich's individual players later. Is there any point in me and you, Tom, picking other performances of the week? There is, because I think on other weeks, we have had performances of the week from so so many teams uh, there is one I want to pick out it's yes. a little bit left field because uh, there are some great ones but there is one game that's going to go totally under the radar it's going to get no respect from anybody and it should and that is Southampton Southampton going to Sheffield United and winning having already won on the road this season a couple of weeks ago against Brighton uh, they are a side that I thought were going to get relegated they are a side that didn't invest heavily or well in the summer or maybe they did. Janipo. Whoa. He is a player. He is the player 
that when I watch Nicolas Pepe, he is the player that he should be. <laughs> because he's like a Nicolas Pepe who can control a ball, who can shoot, who has composure, and the goal he scores against Sheffield United is being, I can't recall the defender now, but he's got his shirt pulled, he's getting tugged back, mm. and he could have just gone down for a free kick. He says, no, get off me. Some then credit he to the referee, which I don't normally style. say. Some credit to the referee Absolutely. there for letting that go yeah, as well. Yeah, well, I think it was Ollie Norwood, the Northern Irish guy who's just retired from international football. You need to get on the weights. Because he, could, he absolutely got yes, swatted, didn't he? The rest he's had for international football didn't do him any good, <laughs> no, did it? No, didn't. He wants to get back there as quick as possible. Southampton, I mean, uh, I got a, an interesting uh, text after the results. Uh, sorry, a tweet, rather. Um, because Simon Jordan and I, the former Crystal Palace owner and chairman, we have a separate and equally award-winning podcast that we do. And uh, we're, we're forced to pick uh, for a charity bet um, who we think will win and lose several matches. The last three weeks, Simon has chosen Southampton to lose. Um, and the Southampton <laughs> fans are now making a cult of this, saying, please, please, we'll pay you keep back to keep this. on saying that Southampton will lose. But Southampton would have been among the candidates for, to, for to go down. Yeah. The issue is that so far, with Norwich winning, Southampton mm. winning, very hard to see who's going to go well, down. Look, Pick me a couple of teams well, that might go down. You look at it, Southampton have probably got a quarter of the points needed. Seven already, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, well, a fifth of the points needed. A fifth, needed, a fifth yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mars was never my strong point, no. Danny. There's a couple of teams that I think are really going to struggle in the Premier League this season. Uh, Sheffield United yes, are going to make it. They, they haven't got the squad for it. Even though Norwich won against Man City, I still don't see them getting more than 30 points. I know that that was a crucial victory for them, but you go through that team. They were heroes for a day. Sam Byram is still rubbish. No, I don't. Like, he I was don't, great I, for a I'm weekend. Sure I, I, don't agree with you. I don't agree thing, with you. The only thing I would say about Norwich is they've lost close and they've lost Zimmerman to yeah. January. That's massive, you know, and two holding midfielders as well. So they've obviously got a very small squad. And the season just peaked, didn't it? It well, just happened. That was I don't it. think it's going but to get better. I like, I like the physical energy they bring to the games, even the ones they haven't won. I like they're a big, strong team. They're but Alex Tetti is still not good enough for the Premier League, and he's got to play every single week at the moment with injuries. Which brings me to the point of starting this relegation conversation. So I've got the two of you in the room. <laughs> Steve, you're one of the surviving members, and I'm sure you meet as a support group. Just for the teenagers <laughs> listening who don't remember this, West Ham United... <laughs> Remember what year it was? It oh, was three. Yeah, oh, three, yeah. In 2003, West Ham United went down out of the Premier League with 42 points. With a and team, we, by the way, that had Stevie Lomas, who was quality. Rio Ferdinand. Rio, no, Rio Ferdinand had gone. Oh, sorry. We had Trevor Sinclair, Les Ferdinand, Paolo Di Canio, Rufus Brevitt, Michael Carrick. Freddie Canuti. Freddie Joe Canuti. Cole. Joey Cole. He was captain, I think, at that point. Did he get the armband for a bit? Well, under I think Glenn, Glenn gave it to him out of Steve, some so delusional when you, when, when you say you're not good at, not good at numbers, <laughs> surely you would have thought 42 points would have kept you up there. Well, we were amazed. Listen, and it's very prevalent to what we're going to speak about later is, is chairman and managers taking a chance with with key positions. And we had Jermaine Defoe, who was only just starting out and had done all his best work off the bench. And we had Freddie Canuti and Paolo De Canio, who were very injury-born. And, and Glenn wanted to sign Marcus Stewart as a fourth-choice striker. He didn't do. And, of course, what happened in the first week, Freddie and Paolo went missing with injury for five months. And we ended up playing Ian Pearce up front. for And on and, and our start to the season, I think we had 10 points. Uh, I think the second half of the season, we were top eight for him. Steve, I think I think what's supposed to happen when you lose your strikers is that the rest of the team starts to contribute. <laughs> How many goals did you get that well, season? Well, listen, I would ask you a question, Danny. <laughs> I would ask you a question. If you, you, if, yeah. you, if you lose Harry Kane mm -hmm. and Son, yeah. where would Tottenham be this year? I would hope that the midfield players would step up and get a few <laughs> goals. How many goals did you get that year? I think I had three. Okay, well, that, 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 that is more. With all due respect, I've known you yeah. a long time. That I expected uh, That wasn't my forte, Danny. No. Um, I, listen, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll chuck in 
almost for the sake of, of cussedness, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, because let's be fair, Wolves are going through a bad time, but Wolves are not a but they're a good team. They're also proven to be a very difficult team to beat uh, at Molyneux. And the mixture, however Chelsea have arrived at it, and of course, hilariously, they've given their young players a chance because of their abusive young players in previous seasons. Um, but whatever way they're doing it, to go to any Premier League ground and get five, um, to leave yourself in a position where you'll be disappointed because you conceded two late goals... Fantastic performance by Chelsea. Three young players scoring and also as well, Frank changed his formation to match Wolves up and it worked the treat. So, yeah, all credit to him. The goals as well, the Tamori goal. The thing about that is, right, you watch this go on replay. We're all watching in the studio on the day and he hits it and it was like a science experiment. It was like watching Bill Nye. Like it's spinning a little bit and it spins a bit more and it spins a bit more. Then suddenly Patricia goes, oh, I'm not going to get that. And it's just the most sumptuous goal. Uh, I saw compared on Twitter, I think David Walker put it, it was like, remember Paul Warhurst's goal for Blackburn years ago at Ewood Park that kind of, it just starts to go and I've got this, I've got this. I've not got it. It was just beautiful. I, I love always watching think the it. only goalkeeper who has a chance with those sort of shots is, uh, again, a former West Ham stalwart, Shaka Hislop. Stop bringing up West Ham, uh, Danny. No, no, Every no. single Shaka, week he wibbles on about Shaka, with his background in nuclear physics, would understand <laughs> that the trajectory and the spin on the ball. Listen, um, Steve, it's not just because it's your, your debut here on the Record Book podcast, um, but I, surely none of us, even in our most cussed and comedy-inclined moments would go past Norwich City. Hey, look, I don't think it was just the best performance this week. I think that's the best performance in the Premier League I've seen for 15 years. I thought it was phenomenal. It doesn't just belong in this week's record, but we should write on the front page in the <laughs> yeah. biggest pen we could find. Maybe with some sparkles on it. No, a new folder, a flap on the, in the record book itself, just remembering that Norwich City performance. There, business done. Bang the gong, everybody. Performance of the week, Norwich City. <laughs> The Record Book. The Hornets have been gifted away back into this game. Arsenal cannot play out from the back. Unai Emery, I mean, is a clever man. And every single time they've tried it here today, they've got into trouble. This time it's ended up costing them a goal. Tom Cleverley, the man driving home from just inside the penalty area. But what on earth are Arsenal doing at the back? Unai Emery, you're not stupid, but your team cannot play out from the back. We tied the long ball and also they, they were very strong in that situation. We need also, I think, to, to take the balance better, but uh, trying to do that situation better. Marco Silva really needs to find a cure to Everton's travel sickness. They are superb at times at Goodison Park, but if they are to be serious challengers for a top six, top four finish this season, they need to start picking up points on the road as well. First or second corner they scored, and uh, when they score, and uh, of course I'm not taking the, the, the credits, they, to Bournemouth and they won the game and they deserve so if the performance of the week um, it was predictable and magnificent uh, for all its predictability um, there's always more fun in the worst performance of the week and the game day record book podcast is only too glad uh, to build up to this part Steve you started with Norwich, but I want you to, partially because you're a former player, I'm loving this, uh, your idea. Who was the worst performance of the week? Well, it was the same game. And, <laughs> uh, but listen, I just think we, we spoke about it when we were on air. There was a complacency about Man City. Normally, when you see them move the ball, they move it quick. But what was really galling was they're closing down. It was that the no tactical fouls. So many players off key. I, normally, I love David Silva. He's one of my favourite players. Awful. Gundogan, awful. Bernardo Silva, 
average. You know, Raheem Sterling tried, but he, you know, he, Sam Byron took him out of the game, so he had to go over to the other side. Aguero scored the goal, but missed at least two other great chances. And let's let's see if the best to last. Nicholas Otamendi and John Stones. My goodness, them two were awful. And uh, you know, if I was Edison and Pep, I know he wants to play out, but. I just wouldn't. Be. I, I'd, fi- I'd fine him two weeks' wages for giving it to him. Steve, I think I think we'll get a chance for you to talk about further about Otamendi a little later in the podcast. Let me ask you, in all in all honesty, um, since I haven't worked with you for for a few years, um, when you, as a former Manchester City player, see the club now, particularly the the, the riches on the pitch, how does it make you feel? No, listen, it, it's very seldom we have a chance to have a go at them because obviously they've been so great over the last two years. But I just think the lead-up, because players of that quality cannot produce what they produced. It's, it's an impossibility, and they haven't done it. So the only thing I can think is, is the mentality wasn't right. And I don't care how good you, you are, if your mentality's not right, when you go on the pitch, you know, it can, can lead to average performances. The person I like like asking that question to, and I have worked with him a lot in recent years, I like to ask Stuart Pearce about Manchester City's current financial and playing resources because he was the last Manchester City manager who didn't have the proverbial pot into which to urinate. And what was in that year? Didn't they score like, was it like three or four goals at home all season? It was like 11, like without exaggerating, it was like 11 when goals Stuart's at home manager, all season. It wasn't good. It was yeah. one of the worst seasons at home any team has ever had. Sorry, Stuart, but it was so bad. Well, I think he took over from Kevin Keegan. And then there was a lot of players that, that were obviously shouldn't be there and needed to be moving on. And but unfortunately, it wasn't you, was it? You'd gone by that point. I, they got You'd rid of me. The they got rid of me point, a long yeah. time ago, Danny. Listen, I'm also going to go for a team from that part of the world for the uh, worst performance of the weekend, um, and it's because. I cannot understand what Everton Football Club is anymore. I, I know what it is. It's a highly ambitious, fantastically financed operation looking to move to a new stadium to re-establish a rivalry that I think has gone cold with Liverpool. They're over the horizon, aren't mm. they? Everton, if you even gave them the newly refurbished Hubble Space Telescope, couldn't see their local rivals. And yet, having spent plenty of money on that team, they go out at a place like Bournemouth, good consistent team, no problem with Bournemouth at all, and produce a performance. I watched it, I thought, what is this? If you ask me what kind of team Everton are, are they a pressing team? Are they a defensive team? Have they got pace out wide? I couldn't answer the question anymore. Marco Silva is all suit, no tactics. Has been since he came into the Premier League. Continues to be that very way Very handsome now. on the telly. He's a very good-looking man. He's got. <laughs> he always shows off his watch fantastically well. He must yeah. be sponsored by whomever. I won't mention the name because they yeah. won't give me the watch. But yeah. he must be sponsored by somebody because it's massive watch. It's always like across his face. Only Roy Hodgson's watch is bigger. Well, you could land a helicopter on Royce, to be fair. But he's earned it. He's 72 yeah. years of oh, age, yeah. still doing it in the Premier League. He deserves yeah. two watches. Yeah. He and deserves what, a watch assistant. And one of those a grandfather clock. Yeah, quite. Yeah, he should have one. I mean, And what's the big difference between the two teams, for me? Obviously, apart from players. Between Ever- Liver- Everton and Liverpool? Yeah. The manager. Well, the manager. <laughs> Mo Salah? But, but, no, Seems but a big for, me, for me, for me, no. for me <laughs> is, the, is the recruitment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Everton's recruitment, they're paying top dollar for players that are not 
top, top class. But then what's he going to do with some of these players that he's brought in? He brought in Moyes Keane, but is he a forward? Is he a winger? We don't quite know. Calvert-Lewin, it was his first goal in like 9,000 minutes today. And it was a foul, by the way. That that should not have been given. That, for me, is the first thing you needed to address. Somebody, a top, top striker. Because as good as Calvert-Lewin is in leading the lane, yeah. You'd be lucky to get seven Maybe goals Keane will be that, but it, 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 the, the two things I hear, I think about Everton as well, I've got about 15 things I think about them. <laughs> um, secondly, is that, you know, the the idea that he, he doesn't know his best 11, I hear this all the time from Everton mm-hmm. fans, no, it doesn't matter because their best 11 and their next best 11 and the next best 11 are all equally good, no. it seems to me. They're not a bad team. Um, they're currently in the 11th place and that's exactly where they don't the, want to be, isn't it? The way I look at something like an Everton is... Normally, with teams, you lose two, two or three key players. It wouldn't make any difference to Everton, you know. If, if, no. if Tottenham lose a Kane and a Son, sure. you, you're then stop worried. Stop saying that, incidentally. Well, by the way, just stop saying. <laughs> I'm it. not trying to put the mockers on them, but fingers crossed. I'm just writing that down. <laughs> you brought up 2003. Put, we owe you now. Put mockers on Spurs. I'm writing this down. <laughs> I've got a list of things that I've got to accuse you of uh, later on. And Sam, finally, see, I'm looking at you now. I know the modern game and our our um, academy system is not turning out clenched fist leaders and all the rest of it but when Everton go behind I don't mean 3-1 behind mm. when they go 2-1 behind who is who is pulling that team together on the pitch well Leighton, not Gilfie Sigurdsson I know that Leighton Baines was the last leader really they've had and he's in and out of the team but yeah you look at it you know but it's a new way Danny in terms, sure. in terms of the new way there isn't leaders but I just get back I keep going back to Everton the pen top top Draw money for 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 thirty odd million for, for, for Wobie. Did they pay money for Theo Walcott? Theo Walcott's at the yeah. right club, isn't he? Like they are, he is the most pointless player of the last fifteen years, and he's at the most pointless club of the last fifteen years. They look like they could do something good, but never ever do. Um, it's amazing, then, given what we said about Manchester City and Everton. That I think the running for the worst performance might still be open, despite this team not losing the football match. I've got to do this. This is the game I was doing the commentary of on Sunday. Watford up against Arsenal. Arsenal. I did it in the goal call for the for the equaliser. They just cannot defend as a club, right? Going into this weekend, only one other goalkeeper had had more short passes from this new Guardiola roll goal kick than Burnt Leno in that second half. They kept doing the short kick to David Luiz, who then found Socrates, who then gave it away. They did it again and again and what again. What a recipe that is. David yeah. Luiz to Socrates, Listen, by the way. When the goal actually went in, just before it happened, so I was doing the game with Richard Lee, former Watford goalkeeper, and he basically said, he's going to pass to Socrates here. Look at De La Feu. He's going to take him. He's going to take him. And it's exactly what happened. And they kept on doing it. They are just thick. They are thick yep. defensively. Yep. David Luiz, I'm sorry, is just not a bright person. Socrates looks like he's gone 20 rounds with Tyson Fury every day of his but life. Socrates but Socrates, but is that, Socrates that wants to clear the ball, but he's not allowed to. Yeah, but maybe is that the manager's? It is the manager. Yeah, the manager's not seeing that in training. You know, you've got to say, and, and, and we were speaking about it early, this here high press isn't a newfangled scenario. But listen, whenever teams go and press you, why doesn't the goalkeeper then deliver it to somebody out wide with a bit of quality? But you know what you were saying earlier about captaincy, right? So yeah. Granite Xhaka is the captain of the club, the fitting captain for the club as is. Now, yes. if you're the skipper, you've skippered a Premier League team, Steve, two Premier League teams, and you're in the one of them go team, down, right? I know. Um, no, not no. sure it happened. <laughs> no. 2003 didn't happen. No one no. remembers it. No one yeah. ever will. Um, and what? Bolton stayed up instead. Pointless. Yeah. Anyway, don't don't bring it up. Um, but Granite Xhaka is the captain, right? So three times they've given the ball away from Granite, goal kicks. It's the le- he's the least well named footballer in history. Isn't he? It's just crazy, like play Dojak. What's right? his middle name? Not so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you play defensive midfield, Steve. Yeah. The number of times I see Granite Xhaka when the ball crosses the Arsenal line on the edge of their box, facing the play, yeah. facing his goalkeeper, 
defensive midfielders, yeah, but if, if, if the goal goes in, you should be facing up the pitch, making a last-ditch effort to clear the ball, but, but not nev- watching it. But never mind how bad he is as a footballer. I've got to ask you about his captaincy, right? Would you ever have gone as a captain over there to those players and gone, look, they are watching you. You have balls this up three times. Do not pass this short to Socrates. Why hasn't he done it? Because it's the newfangled player. They don't sort things out. But Mark it's Noble le- would do it, it wouldn't he? It's, le- it's, le- it's left... It's left to the manager, and the manager must be telling them to play this yes, way. Yes, and then of course they come out afterwards. The manager could say, "I have to take responsibility for that goal." Really, we the fans are now we're paying these players a hundred thousand pound a week, and you're taking responsibility for somebody who can't clear his own penalty area. Yeah, but it is the case with Socrates. You, you just want him to head it and kick it. He's at the wrong club. He should be at the old Wimbledon. He'd be fine there. They've got yeah. a meeting at the back. They've got a bloke next to him in David Luiz who's given yet another penalty away in this game. And, and worst performance, right? They were bad at the back. They were bad in midfield. Can I just tell you this, right? It's the first time I've watched Nicolas Pepe ah. for a full game. And he is the quintessential modern YouTube player. And this guy, by the way, is 24 years of age. He is not 19. This is not a long-term project. And it was like, oh, they had no money. 72 million over 70 years to pay for it. Yeah. They could have spent 20 million pound on a good defender. They could have gone to buy Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy, James Tukowski, Ben Mee, Issa Diop. I could go on for championship defenders, League One defenders, you get and got someone better million. than Socrates. No, but sixty yeah, yeah, million yeah, over yeah, two yeah, years, yeah, twenty okay, million every okay, year right, okay. for three years at sixty million pounds. They probably would have got that over the line. This guy, you watch him in the first half, same against Liverpool. He is fast, absolutely cuts inside, all open for him, and he hits and, it like he's never had football. And the before big statement is: Have Arsenal come on since Arsenal Wenger's left? <laughs> Worse. They're worse. I, I actually believe they're more Arsene Wenger than when they started under. Uh, and I, I, th- I thought. Emery. I thought when when he first came in, I thought he was going to get them more dog and hungry and <sighs> and chasing the ball. But why go and buy another winger when you've got Bamiyang, a Lacazette, and Ozil still there? I think they thought they were going to get rid of Ak- Ak- uh, sorry Bamiyang in the in the in the. Well, he must be worth, seriously. He, worth he must be looking back because he listen. What an underrated player! Thirty nine goals and fifty seven. Oh, fantastic! He must be looking back at that defence and thinking. Well, actually, what am I doing actually here? you saw one of the attacks where he just didn't bother to raise a gallop to get back because he's given up on this, hasn't he? He's decided. I have to score three times to get a point in these. Steve, a matter of interest with, with Nicolas Pepe, um, did you ever play with a player or against a player who was unbelievably Usain Bolt quick, but unbelievably Danny Kelly useless? <laughs> well, there was, listen, there was, a, there, there was a lot. Obviously, we used to call them brain dead. They, they, they just run out, out, the, out the pits, just keep them running. It's a Forrest Gump syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. Too many probably to mention, I'm trying to think. The whole 2003 squad you're going to bring up again, aren't you? Let's stop bringing it up. That was a good squad, right? <laughs> I, I remember... I remember watching um, when Spurs had Peter Taylor, of course, later England manager and all the rest of it. Peter was incredibly quick and powerful, but he thought he was playing ice hockey. He oh. would he would run out of pitch, and if he could have gone behind the goal to do the cross from the other side, then it would have I been have, absolutely... I have got a good story Go about Gareth Ainsworth, who I played with at, at QPR, and I just moved there, and he was known as the wild thing, doing a great job at, at Wickham. And I kept giving it my way and going, time, Gareth, Gareth, I'm inside, just time. And after about three games, he pulled me after the end of the game. He goes, Stephen, he said, you've got to realise time is my worst enemy <laughs> <laughs> and so I, so what do you what do you say what do you say to that there so I went fair play Garth get on with it a philosophical <laughs> footballer listen thank it. you very much indeed I think there's much more this is more of an argument than the performance of the week I've gone for Everton and particularly Gilfie Sigerson the reverse Viking the only cowardly Viking I think I've ever seen 
Um, Tom, you've gone for the Arsenal's um, capitulation. Uh, and, and, of course, if Decore could finish, that would have been 3-2. Oh, we're as, out of our seats. And, and Steve, deserved it. and quite brave this, Steve, um, arguably the best club side in the world, but, uh, worst performance of the week. Um, I'll let you, Tom, have the uh, say if you want to change your mind or help with, with either of these. Um, I was doing the Man City game with Steve, and I would put them in there, but Arsenal having the same issues over and over again. And as this stat backs it up for me, Arsenal have faced 96 shots this season, more than any other side in the Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, Liga, and the Bundesliga in May. They had to buy a defender they didn't buy a defender they couldn't beat Watford from 2-0 up they have to for sheer stupidity naivety have to be the worst performance of this week and Steve I have to let you know that in this programme Tom never ever changes his mind or backs down he absolutely (laughs) ever does do you want to change your mind about Manchester City as if Steve Lomas backs down if you don't I'll happily um, have the casting vote here no I think I've I've got to stick with it Arsenal then fantastic (laughs) Arsenal worst performance of the week Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is TalkSport Daily. A podcast to kickstart your day as we nail down the biggest talking points with plenty of punchy personality and opinion. Join us every weekday morning for big sporting stories and laughs wrapped into one big, fat, juicy podcast. Subscribe now to TalkSport Daily on Acast, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The Record Book. Four towards Puki. He's running in on goal here. It's Tamo Puki. It's Canwell. It's 3-0. Just listen to Caro Rowe celebrating the fact that Norwich City have taken a two-goal lead against Manchester City. Oh, unbelievable. Brighton won, Burnley won in the 91st minute. The Clarets look like they've stolen a point with their first shot on target. Jeff Hendrick off the bench. Seems to have salvaged a share of the spoils here. Now it's Firmino. Back hill's beautiful. Onto Salah, racing past the Newcastle defence. Absolutely wonderful Liverpool goal created by Firmino and Salah. 
finished off by the Egyptian king. What I love about this podcast is that we start with performances. By the time we get to heroes and villains, we're down to the real nitty-gritty, the dirt of football. Um, I think I'll start this time in heroes because it's not a person or a team. It's actually a goal. Um, I want to nominate Burnley's equaliser at Brighton, um, 89th minute. And I thought it was a perfect counteraction to all this playing out from the back stuff, by which I mean... It wasn't a long ball ring like that. But Burnley, who get accused of being one-dimensional themselves when they biff it up um, to Ashley Barnes, my favourite dirty footballer since uh, Kevin Davis, and Chris Wood, who is not as dirty as he should be. but uh, <laughs> um, and, 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 New but Zealander, instead, nice people. Instead, um, first of all, Sean Dyche. Of course, one never criticises Sean because you might meet him. Don't um, do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you ever... Do you know, do you, do I you know, know Sean? Sean is, yeah, he, yeah. is he like that? He's, he's, he's from the ginger clan. You yeah. know, you don't mess about but, Danny but, with the ginger clan. But could he break me over his knee? Could he just crack me over his knee? Yeah, I think he probably could. A man that eats worms for breakfast is full of protein. <laughs> He'll kill us all with one finger. I mean, he looks like a, a managerial genius because, of course, he made two substitutions late in the game to get more attacking players on. But the point I'm making is... Burnley's equaliser is heroic because everybody expects them to belt the ball long and fight for it. Instead, they play out from the back, which you know is the thing I hate most about current football. And I want to thank playing out from the back because it's replaced not getting the corner past the near post, which I've had for 10 years as my and driven me mad. Now I've got a new thing to go mad about. But by playing six excellent passes... They managed to get the ball from one end to the other for Jeff Hendrick to belt it in. As included in that is an absolutely superb touch by Mate Vidra um, to keep the ball moving. And all I'm saying is there's more than one way to skin a cat. Not all football teams are one-dimensional. And I think I, I, I think I'd prefer a goal, albeit an important goal and a late equaliser, away from home, all those things are great, of six passes than watching... Some of the teams in the Champions League try to score a goal with 75 passes because that is knitting. That complexity is knitting. It's not football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I much prefer the, the bit of athleticism I saw with that Burnley goal. And I suspect this is over now because that must be the hero. Do you, you know what it is? Is that you watch these games, and especially when you're doing the commentary of the games, you know these teams don't have a plan for when they start passing it out from the goalkeeper or when they start doing these short passes in their own in their own defensive third. They only know the first bit, don't they? So the they first their own box. Pass it out, do the second pass out wide, and they go, right, what do we do now? With that Burnley goal, I, I kind of see where you're coming from because they had a plan for what they wanted to do from the start. They'd obviously worked on that, and you can only really plan for either individual situations or maybe plan well, for I six think, to I, eight passes. You can't plan for 70 I passes. Think, no I, I think it's two things. It's a manager not being deluded, realising what his squad's all about getting the ball into his better players quickly, but with a bit of quality. And I think I said about this here, this new, it's just a new word, the high press. It means you're getting hunted down. Close them down. Closing them down. When you get closed down, what do you do? There's got to be space at somewhere else. Clip in. The clip passes went out of of fashion because if you hit it over 30 yards, you're a lump team. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Julian Dix used to be the best left foot I've seen been able to pick out somebody's chest you also, from 40 yards away. And again, without bringing up the claret and blue shirt, you played with somebody who has every reason to be criticised for a number of things. Neil Ruddock was a brilliant passer of football. As he liked to say, he had a tin opener of a left foot. I, and he so, did. I watched him at Tottenham. He yeah, was too a, many tin openers. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, Razor. He was like a junior Glenn Hoddle at times. He could find yeah. people 70 yards away with unerring accuracy. So, so if, you go, if you go and get pressed, right, 
there's obviously got to be space and less By players. Scientifically, less, there must scientifically, be. Scientifically, you know, it's not no Einstein, but if you've got five players pressing you, you obviously that means there's got to be they space somewhere They've vacated space somewhere, haven't 100% they? 100% Play wingers, work the channels. When Kyle Walker comes in and Zinchenko comes in, all you do is get two pacey wingers, put them out wide, long down and, the and channel. Not, and you the other thing no about this it. Bolton, about, sorry, Burnley goal, um, is that they, they didn't try to put it wide. They played it through the middle. They had, there was no time left for messing about on the wings. They made the six... Beautiful touches of the football, and then Kendrick Hendrick rather. Is that really me? the hero of the yes, week yeah, on the me. week where Norwich beat Man City, where Tammy Abraham scores a hat trick, where young British talent comes out and stars in the Premier League, like uh, yeah, yeah, the is. actual hero of the week, uh, the twenty-one-year-old legendary, beautiful young man that is Todd Cantwell. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you influenced by his physical beauty? I think that he is beautiful physically. I think he's beautiful in the way he plays. He looks like a sweet young cherub in an Alice band. I love everything about that. This is the year where the local lad come good is the story. We've realised we don't he, need to he, buy Samassi a bull he actually, anymore. He actually looks like a love child from Abba, doesn't he? Really, he's a blonde, <laughs> Swedish, good-looking boy. And uh, he, he but looks, he, listen, his work. He's not called Fernando though, is let, he? Let, he probably should be. <laughs> Conceived in Waterloo, man. I've yeah, I got know. one for Menio. Yeah. Come on. Come well, on, boys. Listen. You didn't even let me finish Cantwell. I'm sorry. I've had to move on because at the end of the day, we're talking about levels here. Yeah, the Danny. producer was that thing across his throat yeah, when yeah, Thomas yeah, started yeah, up yeah. about beautiful football. I always think he's trying to kill me, but okay, yeah. fair enough. But for Menio, on the bench, only just got back from America Wednesday mm. morning, has to come on the pitch and... His touch, like we're saying, and I'm sure once I'm going to lead you into something, but Dennis Burkamp, very the comparisons is there in terms of that quality that that, that he's got, and I think he's at that level. Do you have any fond memories of Dennis Burkamp? Yeah, you his, el- the his elbow in my mouth that ruined my modelling career. He got you right in the chops, didn't he? he and that was right the quarterfinal. Listen, if you're going to be el- elbow Still by lost, somebody, I didn't mind that. I mean, Getting elbowed fair, by Dennis Burkamp. One of Dennis's great things was that he looked after himself. Didn't oh yeah, he? listen, he, he he was hard, he was nasty, but listen, Sorry, you didn't get into that particular Arsenal team by being uh, by being uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. less than rugged. Well, did I'd, you? I'd imagine training was a bit feisty, so yeah. you had to you Sending had to look after right yourself. Yeah. You, but, but, everyone knows where my knees like that was a great Arsenal team, wasn't it? Yeah. They were fantastic footballers. I wonder what and they dirty. When, Sorry, when they when they when they look at this Arsenal team oh, now, when you look God. at Petit, Vieira, Ray, Gilberto, Gilberto, people you know. Martin no. Keown. Yeah. Like, you must look at it and think, what is going but on? But if Arsene Wenger had said to Martin Keown, right, I'm going to play it short in here, Martin Keown would have the strength of characters to go, we keep getting caught, I'm not doing it. But instead, you've got people who go, well, okay, I'll do it because the boss told me to do it. Not me, Gav, I'll do it. Of course, I'll do it. <laughs> it, is extraordinary. it is extraordinary that you the players realize. are allowing themselves yeah. to do it as well. I, I, I think the, the first example I really saw of this in the wrong way was when Yapstam took over at Reading. I went to see the first game because I'd done some work with Yap during the summer. And Reading's players um, were trying to play out from the back. And I, honest to God, you could see the fullbacks both shaking when the ball was coming to them because <laughs> they wanted to play it down the line on their good foot. They were being asked to come back inside on their wrong foot and play it to a midfield player who was being marked. And you could see they were. It was like. But there's nothing Jellies wrong with it, playing. Danny. There is nothing wrong with it. Norwich did it fantastically in the game against Man City. Their performance of the week for a reason here on the show because they did it well. But also at times they realised the pass wasn't on and they went long. They didn't do it as a rule. They did it when it made sense. The players were allowed to think for themselves, and now they think of what will Unai tell me when we get back in the dressing room? Am I in trouble? Yeah. And it should be a case of. 
I get the right people in the right positions. I trust them. And yeah, of course, you you, uh, you need the opposition to be static. In the case of City having a bad day, think about the World Cup game between Mexico and Germany, where the Mexicans <sighs> realised the Germans are so immobile, yeah. we can pass yeah. this out from the back, and then we're plus, through them, the entire team. Plus, plus as well, Timo Puki was excellent on the day as well. Uh, another another yeah. fantastic performance. How much from did him? they pay for him? Seventy-two million. Oh no, nothing. <laughs> and he can trap a ball. But the reason why I told Campbell. Is the best player of the weekend. I mean, you haven't finished philosophizing. Yeah, we've moved on though. We've the... done. We've moved. We've had enough of that. We're coming back to me now. <laughs> um, because let's, let's, I want to tell you about this. Right in the last what few weeks, he's made his Premier League debut. Two assists against Newcastle. Scored against Chelsea. Under twenty one debut. Scores against Man City. And this is the best bit. Go to his Twitter page right now. You've got to do this. Uh, Todd Catmull underscore ten. Uh, he's only followed by thirteen thousand people. That man's a star. That'll change. Have That'll change. Uh, and there's a young kid called Chris Catamol who has tweeted in and. He I thought for a minute it was Lee Catamol. He's already better than Lee Catamol. He hasn't been sent off 400 times in Dutch football. Has he been sent off again for VV Venlo yet? Let's find that out. No, he's still suspended from being sent off for, <laughs> for his first touch in the first game. But this is why it's amazing. So Campwell is only, well, I think he's 21. And this young kid has tweeted in saying that my celebration for his first game on Sunday League football in Norfolk this weekend was him doing the little Cantwell kind of finger sign that he mm-hmm. does on his chest. He's got kids in Norfolk. He is a kid from Norfolk, just what, 10, five years younger than him, is inspiring them to think they could be in the Premier League and that to me is much better than Nicolas Pepe 24 years of age wasting everyone's time let me this just guy's you an really don't like that you really don't like oh, him oh he was such garbage Steve. let, Honestly, me, let me just so say bad. that uh, one I thing about, I'm just going to throw in here since doing the heroes as well um, I'm going to back to Firmino's goal television rightly gets blamed for a lot of the ills of modern football but if, if it hadn't been for television we would never have seen the sheer magnificence of those two touches six inches apart and the pass was it four or five feet maybe because in the studio in the stadium that just looked like a blur of legs and football when you saw it on the television when they should have mm. gone back to it first in real time and then in slow motion you're thinking it's one thing to have the imagination to work out what you're going to do to have the the skill or, or the instinct whatever it is Pure Steve. Awareness, well I, I, I actually got a theory on that Dan I actually think he grew up in Republic Ireland and he did a bit of Irish dancing because <laughs> his feet were like well he's oh, very amazing. welcome to the Republic's team just now I can assure you um, he'd, he'd probably get a game I'm trying to say that um, I'm happy for Burnley's equaliser to have got recognition but not be the hero of the week I'll leave it to you two to fight it out between uh, Todd Cantwell and Firmino listen for once I will, I, I will yield because obviously he's a young British player and, and I love it. I will throw in a Frank Lampard as well as a hero playing all the youngsters. I know yeah. he has to. But I, I, I will yield to you, Tom, because, listen, he sounds like a great guy and he, and he could be an extra in ABBA. OK, well, <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think the ABBA boat gets it. There's our hero of the week, Norwich City's Todd Cantwell. The Record Book. He's got a great opportunity, and Norwich City lead by three goals to one. An absolute gift set up by Buentia, but set up by hapless Manchester City defending. Pep Guardiola is absolutely livid on the sidelines. They've just made one mistake. This time it's Stones to Otamendi, who just dilly and dallies. He doesn't even look behind him. Diallo, centre de Diallo pour Neymar! Neymar 
And finally, for this week on the Game Day Record Book Podcast, with me, Danny Kelly, Steve Lomas, and Tom Rennie. And if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out all the other Game Day podcasts and the brilliant TalkSport Daily Podcast, available every day from TalkSport.com. Um, it's our villain, villain of the week, perhaps my favourite part of the show. And uh, I, people will know, I, I started the last round. Why don't, uh, Steve, um, you've, you've, uh, you've uh, laid waste to at least... Um, one of your former clubs, and I think we're about to return. <laughs> Who's your villain of the week? Nicholas Otamendi. Um, people, are, people call Nicholas are not doing well this week no. on the show, are they? I, I, I might do Bentner later as well. Listen, I, I'm not They're just, it pick, I'm just not right picking now. out that? Man City, but this is a man that has paid 65 times for Argentina, and he gets away when he plays a square ball to John Stones and Timo Puki nicks in, nearly scores. So what does he do? He then gets he a learns ball. from the experience. No, <laughs> certainly doesn't, Danny. He uses he waits common sense. To the box, he takes a ball. I'm thinking one second, two seconds, three seconds. I'm thinking he's got to do something with this here. And uh, who was it? John Stones, right? No, but who who was nipped? Oh, Bendia. Bendia nips in. Takes Brilliant a by ball the day on the way as well. He was superb. One of many heroes. But come he's no on, well, but yeah. At the end of the day, I thought he had eradicated them. He'd get rid of a lot of a lot of mistakes last season but it really shows how much we they're going to miss Lepore and then also a big thing is Vincent Company played a lot of crucial games you know they could do with him now couldn't they they could really do with him now but I'm just thinking you know Messi must turn up at Argentina and think <laughs> no World Cup again because Nicholas is sitting there he must think <laughs> what am I doing here let's just call it a day and he's the one that gets all the stick in the Argentinian press I was going to say but aren't human beings so complex and weird I think the last 40 minutes has proven that um, that probably Otamendi thinks that when he sees Messi come from the door here's this Jonah again we'll never win anything <laughs> with this fella he never, win, he never wins anything um, how about when Otamendi totally was at fault for the goal and he, as soon as he loses it he starts screaming at John Stones what about like it was John Stones what about Otamendi's anyway? attempt to disguise himself as Aguero by getting the streaks in his hair <laughs> yes. so he gets less jip from the crowd and maybe the manager thinks is what's he doing at the back there what's 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 Kun doing at the back there um, it's really, it's a quite a clever ruse I mean you're uh, David Connolly formerly of this show and of course another former West Ham he used to change his hair uh, quite a lot to try and get away from the blame from the crowds <laughs> didn't he um, change his club. He didn't, he, did. cha- yeah. he didn't change his trainers too often. He wore the same pair of trainers for two years. He's got, I think he might still have them. Do you yeah. know what's funny? I've got to bring this up next time he comes in. Every time he comes in to talk sport, which is every single day, by the way, uh, we love you, David, uh, he is always wearing the same jumper. You notice this? He's always in the same outfit. Is he like Mr Bean, where he has the same outfit repeatedly? Or does he only have one jumper? That, I mean, he smells good. Yes, yeah, so I suspect he's, he's good probably got man. a wardrobe, of a rotating wardrobe, like a dry cleaner's, the same of the same thing. jumper. Yeah, he must, he must be in that grunge. grunge. Somebody tell him grunge is over. <laughs> Listen, Cobain is dead, Connolly. <laughs> Cobain is dead. <laughs> First of all, I want to apologise in advance for my choice of villain of the week because very soon I suspect his lawyers will start to say, uh, Danny, I'm afraid you'll have to cease and desist because this is like a campaign. It was me who last season um, asked the question on Trans Europe Express over on Talk Sport, is Neymar a git? Um, it was, of course, um, a self-answering question because it's self-evidently yes is the answer. New levels of Neymarism this weekend. Um, first of all, the great man played for PSG, so uh, bully for him there. Um, but he was booed. His every touch was booed by the PSG fans. Um, being Neymar, of course, because he's not a bad footballer, he's a bad person. Um, he, in the 89th minute, he scored an overhead kick from about 16 yards out to apparently silence the PSG fans. Except they didn't. They kept on booing and they booed him off the pitch as well. 
Um, at the end of which, um, Neymar uh, added perhaps insult to injury by saying, um, he, "This is what these are his words afterwards." Now, this is after being booed throughout the game and then booed by his own fans, having scored a worldie. He said, I make it clear that I have nothing against the fans, nor anything against Paris Saint-Germain, but everybody knows I wanted to leave and I made that clear. This is not, this is not helping uh, Neymar. <laughs> now, I will play each match as if I played them away from home. He, so his response to the PSG fans is to say, sod you, I'll pretend it's an away match. Uh, listen, I don't want to really speak about him because it's just a total lack, lack of respect, but the respect goes out to the fans because sometimes the average fan, you know, a goal at that, and I've seen the goal, what a goal it was. It's a belting piece it's of skill. No, no point in otherwise, yeah. player, but sometimes that can hide a multitude of sins, but I thought it was great they kept on can playing Can I ask, him. and I'm not being sarcastic now, is he as good as he thinks he is? Well, he's a he, he's a top top player, but can you see Messi ever doing that at a Barcelona? And, and you know what I mean? He's yeah. not going to do that because he's, he's not, not that sort of person. He's not a nice you know, guy. He's obviously not been part of ABBA for, you know. So, but no, listen, I think it's great. The fans and fans of can I have one thing to the fan thing? Uh, you the PSG ultras are fantastic. I love these guys. They hate they hate Neymar. And in the stand, now my French is not amazing, but I've had my translation experts working on this 24 hours for this show. There was a banner in the crowd during the game about Neymar, and I can't read the whole thing to you, but it says 20 million euros to go back to Messi. No lady of the night allowed uh-huh. in Paris. Yes. It's a word that rhymes with raw, that yes. we're so respectful <laughs> in this show, we won't repeat it. And we've called him a git, so we can really do what we want at this point, I think. Well, I think git is, is the can least of it. Git? I did, and it made, it made um, Rob Daly, of course, fantastic commentator on football himself. He, I didn't realise uh, Rob, another member of the Ginger Gang, by the way, Steve, he, he, sunrise, laughed, he laughed at Rust such belt. a high pitch that three dogs nearby died. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't hear it, but I'm told that two two staffies and a German shepherd just keeled over and breathed their last. I found out this week that the older you get, you can't actually hear tones, certain tones anymore. So what? when you get to like 30, you lose certain tones. That's why I shout really loudly, so eventually people will hear me. I, mean, I think I'll add to that for you if you like. Do you know what the first part of the human body to start to die is? Go on. The taste buds. Is that and true? That has, you start to lose your taste buds, they start to decline at 20 years of age. Two Two outcomes of that. One people often have a great nostalgia for their mother's cooking because they were tasting it properly. And secondly, I'm looking around a room full of men here, you start to like more and more hot and spicy food in an effort to get some flavour into your now declining taste buds. So how do you explain the fact that when I was younger, I used to eat your vindaloos, your files. (laughs) You're a freak. But now I like to have maybe your kormas, your masalas. I've gotten milder as I get older. I like the flavour as opposed to the spice. But that's because I think you're losing your hearing faster than you're losing your sense of taste. Say that again, mate. Do you I like a hot, cu- hot curries? Not really. It's only me, then. I'm looking at Jeremy, our producer. Yeah, he can't speak. He's got such a hot curry in his mind. He's got a mouthful of file and he doesn't care who knows it. Uh, Tom, uh, Ottomendi and Neymar, tremendous villains this week. Have you got something to add to uh, that? There's no doubt you two have, have won this one, but I do want to mention this. Any competition that's not the Premier League will be my villain of this week. Firstly, the Premier League just gets amazing. What do we do? Go to a whole bunch of useless European qualifiers. Yeah, the Kosovo game was great. Why? Because it was like a Premier League game. That's why it was good. And also, the Europa League starting... Ten weeks before the season starts, has murdered Wolverhampton Wanderers. Such a good Why? team, full of Why? good players. Why shouldn't they be? Other teams are working their fitness up in the first half dozen no. games. Shouldn't they hit the ground running? 
Th- it never happens that way. Why? Because or is it got... the trip to Zivsnyag <laughs> that does them in? It's because you have to go to Hassenkosh and Schocken two yeah. times a week. Locomotive also... Zivsnyag, very good this <laughs> but year. But also because you've got a team Wolverhampton Wanderers. Their success was built on what? Having 16 players and having a tight-knit squad that will always fit. You've now got to ask them players to play again and again and again and again. They didn't buy enough players. They can't buy enough players. Wolverhampton Wanderers last year, no Europa League. They would have had a great well, result they would, against they not, Did they not have a start of the 10 same line-up, start yes, line-ups in a row? So I think, listen, you only have to look at it. It happens more often than not. Burnley as well last season. All you got to do, I've said this all the time, I say it for the FA Cup as well, for all competitions, just play them at the same time. So FA Cup, play all the rounds to the semi-final in January. You've got four weekends in January, third, fourth, fifth and sixth. You do the semis and the final at the end of the season. So you get it all done in there. Get Europa League qualifiers done before the season starts, do the Europa League at the end of the season. There's no reason to keep doing a bit of this, bit of that, a bit of the other. It's nonsense. You've got a calendar. You've got enough dates to play the games. Play a competition after a competition. It kills cricket because they've got 900 variants of the game going at the same time. And we're doing it to ourselves. The opposite is true about cricket. This year, they have had the, the one-day games. Then they had the World Cup. And what we had was the county championship divided up by, like the Argentinian football championship, into Apertura and Clausura, and we had tests uh, <laughs> tests ending in September. Yeah. People attending their marrows in September. You cannot <laughs> But they've, spread, they've spread it out too much. They could have done all the tests in one month. Just go consecutive, back to back to back to back. Or do we stand around anyway? <laughs> um, I'm not sure the Europa League is quite the villain it's made out to be, because um, if that was true, what's happened teams like, Watford and they're, they're well of course they they played their joker now by playing Arsenal haven't they and going two I, down I just think it's you Danny I think Neymar has to win it listen Otamendi just can't help himself but Neymar is an absolute disgrace but he disgrace. finds new ways to be disgraceful that's what's impressive about him mm. You've, he's got the he's got the book of disgrace here and he goes through page 75 yeah. page 70 he's done that yeah and it oh hang on I've got a new one here and he's straight into the next load of disgraceful yeah. behaviour and I don't think He's the third best player in the world. And I don't think he'd be in my top 10. And he certainly wouldn't be in my starting 11. I mean, just, what people see in this kid, I just do. Kid now, he's 28, 27, isn't he? Um, he destroyed Brazil's team in the World Cup in Brazil. They're all crying, oh, poor Neymar. We must lose 9-0 to Germany in the semi-final. <laughs> I just can't. I, sometimes you just don't get down with certain footballers. Yeah. I also... And Horrendous gonna, person. I'll say this and, say, and I hope that I don't get sued. Um... <laughs> I have a friend who works in fashion magazines. Don't look at me like that, Jeremy. I have a friend who works in fashion magazines. So he, <laughs> he gets around the sort of more, how can I put it, exclusive London clubs. Um, I don't mean nightclubs, clubs where gentlemen go and, and all the rest of it. If there's no game in midweek, Neymar and his posse are in London. Mm. They're already, mm. they're already d- laid waste to Paris. They're over here as well. Well, now I kind of want to be Neymar's friend. Can someone get me his number? <laughs> I, I take it back. You're a hero, Neymar. I've always liked you. Uh, well, no. Neymar is our villain of the week. I want to thank both Steve Lomas and Tom Rennie for making this edition of the Record Book a Game Day podcast uh, such a laugh. Um, hopefully, you'll have enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed doing it, which means you've had an absolute blast. More like this next week. And don't forget, you can also download previous issues as well from all the usual outlets for the podcast varieties. Thanks for listening. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.
Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.